Gary Fay, uh, mental uh, mental strength and performance coach. So, what inspired you to help others? Well, it's uh, I mean, I suppose it's a long story, but it's probably a, uh, a story that most people that help others have, and that is that at some stage uh, I needed a hell of a lot of help myself. Um, I was, uh, you know, somebody who uh, lived a very good life. I had a, uh, you know, to all uh, all those people looking in, I had a, a very successful life, very successful career. Um, uh, however, you know, even at the height of that success uh, inside, I was I was struggling a lot. I, I was battling a, I battled a, a 10 year uh, major depressive disorder as well as a, a gambling addiction that cost me $2 million, uh, cost me my career, cost me my reputation and had me um, very much considering the value of my own life. And, and at that point in time, it wasn't about helping others. It was about helping myself. And, you know, through that process, learning about the neuroscience, the psychology, uh, how it affects people in high performance, uh, habit formation. Um, you know, I learned a lot about myself. And over time, I found that, you know, it was something that other people were struggling with and, and that, that I had a, an experience in and also now a, an education and a, uh, you know, and a position that, that I'd had to work back from. Yeah, what is it about, you know, men sometimes not being one with their feelings. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's a difficult place to be, and certainly that's you know that was my experience. It's it's sometimes um, you know it seemed like a, a strange situation where you know looking back now, I know that there was probably a ten year period there where I was I was battling depression, but I reckon for at least seven of those, I was masking it even from myself. And I think that a lot of that comes down to the identity that, that we give to ourselves, um, that we we take in from the rest of the world. And, you know, for me, I was a problem solver. In my job, I was a problem solver. And so uh, coming to terms with the fact that there was something in my life that, um, that I needed to fix, it, it just didn't resonate with me. So my own subconscious would block it out. If, if I had a problem, then how could I be a problem solver? Or if I'm responsible for the security and safety of my family, how can I be vulnerable? That's the, you know, that's that's the question that goes on inside, you know, inside a lot of people's minds, but in particular inside men's minds, you know, harden up. It's okay, I'll be fine once I get a holiday. I've just got to keep working. All of these ideas and identities that we build up um, are valuable to us, you know, at a particular point in time. But they're also dangerous if we hold on too tightly to them and can't, uh, you know, and begin to mask our own uh, our own feelings, our own vulnerabilities, and and the areas of our life that we have to work on. Yeah, what are some of the things you work on with your clients? Yeah, the, one of the, one of the very first things is identity. Uh, we, we, I'll find quite often that you know even people that are really successful and don't realize they're struggling very much. They have a disjointed attachment to their identity, or they um, they don't have a conscious identity. And there's you know, a lot of people that I work with when I when I ask them a question, "Who are you?" They will answer me with most likely their job or their family situation. They're, they're very it's very difficult for somebody to actually articulate to themselves who they are as a person, what their character traits are, what their values are, and what tends to happen is. In the absence of that conscious identity, we all become a victim of, of conditioning, the things that we've always done. We become a victim of, of comfort, 
the things that are easy. Uh, and we become a victim of circumstance, the, the external world around us. And, and so I think what happens largely is we create a narrative and a story around a version of an identity and, and, and that doesn't really ring true to us. So most places I start with people is literally, let's figure out who you are and then we can figure out how we're going to start living like that person. Yeah, how does it feel for, or how does helping others help your own journey? Well, it's, it's um, you know, every time I work with somebody, I learn a lot more about my own circumstances. And, and the, the thing that I have learned across the last eight years is that almost everybody is experiencing something very similar. Yeah. Um, except for the fact that there's different symptoms, there's a different storyline, or there's different input. But at the fundamental level, the feelings end up being the same. And so every time that I work with somebody and I hear a new story, I've learned to put myself in that story and, and figure out how does that story make sense to me in my life? Where is that, been, where is that person's um, uh, vulnerability shown up in my life? And how can I learn a little bit more about uh, how, how that works uh, inside my head, inside my family, inside my work. And, and I find that every time I get a chance to work with somebody, it just takes me a little bit further in, not just my own um, feelings of, of security, I suppose, or of, of a conscious identity, but also in understanding more about everybody else. Because the, the more stories I hear, again, the more similar they just sound, a little bit of different inputs, but deep down, they all based in very similar, uh, very similar starting points. What do you do to help your own mental health? Uh, I, I do quite a lot these days. I, you know, for a long time, I did nothing, certainly nothing consciously. You know, I, I think there's a period of time where a lot of people, and again, probably men in particular, but a lot of people do things that they say are for their mental health, right? So, you know, I used to exercise a lot. Um, you know, I would listen to podcasts, I suppose. I would talk to people about psychology and I was, you know, interested in reading and watching things about psychology. And somewhere in my mind, it would uh, it would trigger something that said, oh, you're actually working on your mental health, so you're fine. You don't have to worry about this. But I don't think it was ever a conscious practice. Uh, it wasn't something I literally sat down and said, right, this is important and I should... Uh, do these things for my mental health. And so I was doing things that are beneficial, but I wasn't actually getting the benefit from them. And so these days I'm, I'm very conscious about um, everything I do in my life, to be honest. I, I, I don't usually make decisions that I haven't thought through. Um, I, I make a conscious effort to, uh, to have a, a process, a routine, um, uh, checks and balances, conversations with those closest to me. Um, you know, sometimes it looks very similar day after day, the, the routine. But there's, to me, there's a kit bag of things that that I need to um, uh, that I need to work on, not for my mental health, but to make me, um, you know, a better person and to help me grow and to help me keep moving forward. And the the great benefit of that is that you know my mental health is a significant player um, in the best version of me. And so it's it really comes down to a a bunch of routines, some self-awareness practices, you know, some some journaling and, you know, a lot of standard routines that people will see. And But I'm, I'm not sure that the thing 
is necessarily the um, uh, is necessarily the the answer, but it's the fact that you make it conscious and a conscious part of your um, your mental strength or your or your practice. When I was doing my research, I saw your Facebook page, and you do a lot of mini videos with tips and helping others. What is that process like? Yeah, it's it's probably difficult for me, um, uh, it's especially considering you know I, I spent eighteen years when I was with the federal police. Eighteen years uh, was more about staying out of the public eye, was trying to avoid you know, and and, and to be fair, I kind of missed the Facebook era. You know, I, I joined the federal police before Facebook existed. And by the time I left, Facebook was already a phenomenon. And I think at the time I had a Facebook account with about eight friends. And, you know, so it's it's not a native place for me. It's uh, it's it's a place that, that I find, uh, you know, is a challenge. And, and that's probably uh, one of the great reasons for me to do it. But, you know, I, I do enjoy the process as, as challenging as it is for me at times. And that's because it. It, again, it, it challenges me to think what uh, might resonate with other people. It challenges me to think more broadly about uh, my own strategies. And, and, and most, if not all, probably all, actually, the tips that I give are tips that I've used personally or at least used in coaching that, that I know work through experience, not through, not through reading. And it also opens my mind up because I, because I engage in that process Everywhere I go these days, I'm interested in learning so that perhaps it can benefit somebody else through that, you know, through those tips or through those, um, you know, little stories or, or uh, reels or whatever they are. And with police, you know, you're a part of some people's worst day and you have to, you know, be strong for them. How important is it for police and any first responders to have their own support system? But it, it's vital, and I, I think it's it's you know it, it's something that is still being worked through a lot in in the first responders world. And um, you know, there's it, it's it's interesting again a lot of the research now that that I've done. There's a you know there's a uh, a great I suppose it's a story. Of, it's called the Canesian uh, Beauty Contest, and and the the research project was if I asked you if I gave you a hundred pictures or let's say it's a, it's 100 pictures of people, and I asked you to rank them in attractiveness order. You would create a particular order. But if I then said to you, you need to rank them in order that you think somebody else will rank them in, you will most likely change your order around because you think you want to suit somebody else. And that goes another step further where you can change the order around to what you think other people will order it based on what they think other people will order uh, the uh, uh, the, the attractiveness. And the reason I bring that up is because what I find in first responders is often there's a lot of first responders that I'm not going to say that they're struggling, but there are certainly things that happen in their lives that could warrant some more investigation or perhaps some discussion with people. Excuse me. But certainly from my case, what I experienced was somewhere in my subconscious, I wasn't worried about what I was thinking about my struggle. I was worried about what somebody else would think and potentially what somebody else would think other people were thinking about my struggle. And that was what prevented me from even recognizing it myself, you know, for a long period of time. And so, you know, I, I think there is definitely there is definitely a reason and a need for first responders or anybody really 
to be able to compartmentalize feelings for a particular amount of time. Because, you know, like I've said, um, I've said before, I'm a husband, I'm a father. If something goes wrong in my family, I do have a responsibility to, you know, to stand up or to be the, the guy that people come to, um, you know, to, to be the strong one or to be the one that my wife says at three in the morning, did you hear that noise? You've got to go and check what it is, right? That's my role. That, that is who I want to be. So it's, I think it is okay to, for the compartmentalization of, of things in our mind and our feelings, but that also has to be joined with a self-awareness that there are times when that compartment needs to open. And I think what men do a lot, what first responders do a lot, is they're very good at the compartmentalizing, but then they just keep compartmentalizing and they keep pushing and pushing it down and pushing it down instead of recognizing that for this moment in time, Putting it in a compartment is absolutely correct. But in that moment in time, that compartment needs to open and I need to let it out, deal with it, talk about it, go through it, experience it, whatever the, you know, whatever the term happens to be. And, and I think that is, is probably or hopefully where the next line of uh, mental health in, in, in frontline work or, or in all of life is going. What are some of the things that motivate you? Well, I mean, you know, deep down, it's it's my own my own values motivate me, and, and and you know, I've done a lot of work on my own identity. And the great thing I think, you know, everybody I've worked with, the great thing is that most people's values and identity, uh, it motivates them from a personal point of view. But it all involves being with other people, or supporting other people, or making sure other people uh, learn from their experiences, and that's certainly. That's certainly my case. What motivates me now is intrinsic. It's my purpose. And my purpose is ultimately to make sure that my pain means something. And, and that to me means I have to be better based on the experiences in my life. I have to learn from them in all facets, not just to do with the, the worst parts of my life and, and making sure that they mean something by telling the world or helping people out but also the little things that go in life and, and to make sure that I'm a better husband, a better father, a better a, you know, member of a family, um, you know, that I look after my health, that I look after our financial security, uh, that I look after my mental health. And in doing so, you know, to me, that extends to what I do for work. It, it, it really does. It, it lights me up. I will have even, you know, conversation with you here this morning, conversations with clients. Um, my my time stands still during those periods. And, you know, that to me tells me that I land in a, in a, in a good place, in the right place. And, and so I think whilst it's selfish because it is my purpose, my identity, and that's what motivates me to be better for me, it naturally involves um, using what I've, you know, learnt, earned, um, you know, through life in, in making sure that or helping others not to go through what I have. Where do you want to see your mission in the next three to five years? Well, that's a great question. And, and you know, look, I, I'm a I'm a big pie in the sky thinker. And, um, you know, look, I, I would I would love to see that it became more mainstream, I suppose, for conscious thought, conscious identity, conscious decision making um, to be apparent in, in the world. Um, most of 
what I see going on, most of the struggles that people have tend to come because decisions get made less than consciously. They're going with the flow, they're following something on Instagram and that seems to be the right thing today and then tomorrow it's something different. And it's it's in that, that uncertainty um, where I think a lot of people find their struggle. And, you know, I, I really, I work with people that have um, issues with addiction, depression, PTSD, um, you know, and, and um, you know, performance anxiety. And, and to be honest, I really don't care what people do with their lives, right? And, and in fact, you know, as, as weird as this sounds, often when I work with somebody with an addiction, let's say an, an alcohol addiction, you know, I will tell them, I don't care if you drink. You're an adult. You get to make your own choices. Just make your own choices. And I, and I think that is one of the areas that, you know, in life we tend to look over the fact that we do get to make the choice of what we do. We are responsible for the thoughts, feelings, and actions that we take. And, and often just that simple bit of permission for people to say, I don't care if you drink, you're an adult, you make the choice. Often that's a big enough catalyst to actually get them to start shifting their behavior because yeah. people do things for a long time that they don't realize they're actually making the choice to do it. And, and I'd really love to see in, in three to five years that, you know, that, that that message, I suppose, becomes more apparent, not necessarily therapy or, you know, working on yourself, but be conscious about what you do today. And, you know, maybe it's a little challenge for anybody that, that is listening or watching, you know, this um, at any particular time. For the rest of today, you know, be conscious about the decisions you make, all of them. Now, most of them you won't be conscious about because we, you know, make some ridiculous 30,000 decisions a day or something. <laughs> but, you know, some of the things when you when you are getting dressed, be conscious about what you're putting on and ask yourself, why am I wearing this today? You know, uh, when you're eating your food, why am I eating this food right now? Not because I'm hungry, but why is it this food? And, you know, it seems simple, but if you practice it one day when it's important and you need to make a conscious decision for your own health and well-being, you're going to have the practice on board to make a good one. How can people reach out to you and learn more? Well, you can find me, uh, my website, garyfay.com um, is, is where most of my, my website stuff is. You can also get my socials through there, but my social media is uh, strongmend uh, on Facebook or strong.mend, M-E-N-D on Instagram. And that's where you can see some of those some of those tips. And uh, I've been in a little hiatus over Christmas. So um, in the next couple of weeks, there'll be some new ones coming out uh, as well there. So, um, you know, hopefully people find those. But, you know, if you Google me, you'll probably find the worst of my life and the best of my life in there as well. And um, one of those links will probably get you to my stuff.